to City Market. And the time is 9 a.m. every Sunday. You will find us there powerfully preaching the word of grace. And therefore right now, ladies and gentlemen, the time that you have been waiting for, why you woke up this morning and looking so glorious to come and receive the word of life. Be upstanding on your feet as we receive our Father in the Lord, Dr. Abel Damina. Is somebody celebrating? Is somebody celebrating? Is somebody celebrating? Are you tired? It's so early in the morning. Are you celebrating at all? Are you celebrating? Well, glory. The most blessed person this morning, let your amen come like thunder. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's pray this morning. Father, we rejoice. Thank you for this another opportunity to minister to your very precious people. Thank you that revelation knowledge is gifted everybody under the sound of my voice. I decree and declare that whatever is not planted by God is rooted out. Sickness and disease terminated. Your people built up, equipped, edified, and Jesus glorified. We rejoice that by the end of this service, we will live here better than when we came. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer says a powerful amen. amen. Lift your right hands. Let's release our faith together. As we say these words, I am born of God. I am born of the word. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus name And every believer says that Amen like thunder Well go ahead and give Jesus Christ The risen Lord the greatest shout Glory Amen Grab your pen Your notebook your bible You can be seated with your sweet smart self This morning once again, we are so excited to be with you in Nairobi and we want to appreciate Pastor Jane and all of the pastors and the leadership of, of, um, of, of Nairobi, both the campus here and all the campuses. And uh, we, we thank you for all you do for, you know, Power City in Kenya. You know, our vision is to reintroduce Jesus to this generation, equipping the believer to know who you are in Christ, what you have in Christ what Christ can do through you. That's our vision as a ministry. That is what is driving us as a church. That is what we are about as a mandate. That is our assignment to the body of Christ and to the world. And we're committed to this vision. Our commitment is to cover the entire Blue Marble planet with the fragrance of Jesus' grace. There's been too much religion and too much, too much rubbish going on in the body of Christ the world over. And there is the need for clarity of doctrine, clarity of, you know, of, of revelation knowledge, so that people can grow up so that what Jesus died for can be fully realized in our lifetime. So we are committed and we have campuses all over the world. I mean, we have campuses everywhere. Um, more campuses are opening up by the day. 
across the nations of the earth and we have ongoing trainings we have trainings going on almost every sunday every sunday with all coordinators we meet every sunday for training it's been going on for like three years now every sunday we meet you know online and we train all coordinators across the globe sometimes when meeting different time zones yet all the coordinators sacrifice and they stay awake and we study for hours we pray together and we discuss and we look at things and then we also have an online bible school where we train we train people to do ministry effectively and then we have a mentoring academy the abel damina mentoring academy is also online where i mentor people for one full year i meet with them i discuss with them i share with them and i deal with you know ministerial and life issues during the mentoring process and then of course we also have a number of things where we, we you know that we do around the world but we're really excited and we thank god for what god is doing in kenya in you know you know in your nation the message of christ is growing the influence of god's word is growing religion is giving way to the truth of the gospel an army is rising in this nation and it is too late for the devil to stop it if your amen is louder, you will see the manifestation of these things. So we're excited to be here. And we want to encourage those of you who are in Nairobi here to join us. Be part of what we're doing. Don't stand aloof. Be part of it. You know, so many people say to me, but Dr. Damina, I follow you online. And I say, you can't really effectively follow me online. Online has its own limitations. Have you ever seen any military trained online? The soldiers are not trained online. There's no military in the world that goes through training online. You cannot pregnant your wife online. Have you ever seen anybody pregnant in his wife online? It doesn't happen because there are things you cannot do online. You cannot raise disciples effectively online. You cannot build an army of believers online. Yes, they will follow the teachings. They will get snippets here and there. But there is a drilling. There is a training. There is an oversight. There is a, a supervision. There is correction. There is reproof. All of that is part of growth. And if you avoid that, you will grow, but you will not grow well you know there is growth in the right direction and there is growth in the wrong direction cancer is a growth but in the wrong direction so you, you you must be careful how you grow and make sure you're growing well that's why some people do ministry after 40 years then they get born again but they've been doing ministry for 40 years after 40 years they get born again you didn't hear what i said they've been doing ministry for 40 years after 40 years they now get born again see so growth is critical but you must be very sure that you're growing in the right direction look at second timothy chapter 3 verse number 14 second timothy this morning i'm going to give you some very radical training so stay with me second timothy chapter 3 verse number 14 brother paul is writing to his protege in the ministry uh the guy on the computer are you with me or should i get my own bible good thank you but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned if you observe, there's something about continuity. Continue thou. Yesterday we read from the book of James 1, 22, 23, 24. It says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. It says, he that, he that, you know, he that doeth these things and continueth therein, this man shall be blessed. There's something about continuity. In Acts chapter 2, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Acts chapter 2 from verse 42. But continued thou 
in the things which thou hast learned and has been assured of. That means you must have learned and in the process of learning you came to a place of assurance. Remember, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, number one, for doctrine. Doctrine that will bring reproof, conviction, persuasion, assurance. Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and has been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them knowing of whom you you cannot be a believer that just goes around gathering teachings from everywhere no you can't you've got to have a source you've got to have somebody that is responsible for handing over to you the body of knowledge that you're running with you can't just be picking things you will you will be confused you will pick nonsense you will pick junk. You will pick disjointed information. There must be somebody that is responsible for your custody of doctrine. Somebody that is responsible for your doctrinal persuasion. That is why Paul said, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, you must know from where you are drawing your doctrinal persuasion. You can't just be a believer that if today they are doing deliverance, you're there. Tomorrow they are teaching Christ, you're there. Next tomorrow they are teaching this, you're there. You, you see this magazine, you pick. You see this book, you pick. Tomorrow you see another one. All these are men of God. 20, 30 men of God. I'm learning from them. You are confused. It is not how many preachers you listen to that determine spiritual growth. Spiritual growth is not a function of note taking. It's a function of knowing who you are learning from and digesting what you are learning. You must have somebody that is responsible for your doctrinal persuasion. Brother Paul says, well, I am responsible for Timothy's doctrinal persuasion. He said, you know Timothy as the proof of him as a son. He has learned of me. And then he said to Timothy, he said to Timothy, that you must not only learn my doctrine, you must learn my manner of life. See, so it's not just enough to learn doctrine. You must also learn our manner of life. You must learn the way we function. You must learn our lifestyle. So it's not just enough to be reading books all over the place. You must have somebody that is responsible for why you believe what you believe. I'm teaching good. Look at it now. Continue knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Then he now moved to the next verse now. Admonishing Timothy. He says, and that from a child, in verse 15, thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So you see, You've got, to, you've got to make up your mind. You know, and there are some of you, I'm very, I'm very, very sure, you're not really committed in any local church. You know, you, you just move around. It's very dangerous. You can, you, can, you can pick HIV on the road. Don't just move around, you know. You, sh- you should be in one place. You should be in one place. Those who move around never stabilize. And if you never stabilize, you never grow. You've got to be in one place. It's not how many churches you attend that determine growth. It is how rooted you are that determines growth. Am I talking to somebody here? Please, this is very important. This is very, very, very important. You've got to be planted. You've got to be rooted. So that way you bear root downward and bear fruit upwards. You've got to be in one place. And then there are also those that have been abused in churches. You've been abused and used in churches. And so because of that, you don't trust any church. 
So you just go around. Anywhere you find food, you pick. Anywhere you find food because you don't want to be used again. You don't want to be abused again. And I identify with you because the truth is a lot of churches don't really know why they're there. You know, some of them are just there to make money, make money off people. Some of them are there to just control you, manipulate you, and just bastardize you. And you may have fallen into those hands. But the fact that there are bad people doesn't mean there are no good people. See? The fact that there are bad people doesn't mean that there are no good people. Anywhere you find bad people is an indication that there are good people somewhere. So if you're abusing churches, well, this is not one of those churches where you'll be abused. Because first of all, our primary purpose as power city is to teach you the word of God. And we put the Bible before you. You read it for yourself. We just explain. And if there's disagreement, you are free to ask your questions and we clarify. So that way you're satisfied. That's the first thing. Secondly, as a church, we want to train you, you, you to do the work of ministry. Every one of you ought to be doing the work of ministry. And that's what we're about, to train you to do the work of ministry. Can somebody shout a powerful amen? Amen. Now, Matthew chapter 28, verse number 18. Matthew chapter 28, verse number 18. Mm -mm. Matthew 28, verse number 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Next verse. Go ye therefore... And teach all nations. Teach all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Next verse. Teaching them to observe all things. Teach all nations. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. Even unto the end of the world. Amen. Teach nations teaching them emphasis go and teach nations all nations teaching them this is what we call the great commission so the great commission is not just evangelism it is evangelism plus teaching but majorly teaching teach teaching the word teach is the word matthew the word matatheo is taken from the word Montana. It means go and make nations disciples or students. Go and turn people into learners. Go and turn people into students of all that I have commanded you. Go and make students out of people, students of what I have commanded you. So it is important to note that the scriptures are a compilation of books. The scriptures are a compilation of books with a definite focus. A compilation of books with a definite purpose. Understanding the purpose and theme of scriptures are very, very pivotal to accuracy in the interpretation of the scriptures. Understanding the purpose and the theme of the scriptures are very pivotal in accuracy in scriptural interpretation. Which means you cannot interpret scriptures until you understand the purpose and the theme of the scriptures. That is why yesterday I said you cannot understand the scriptures and interpret them until you understand Christ. Because scriptures are interpreted in the light of Jesus Christ. This is because... When the purpose of scripture is not known, its abuse is inevitable. When the purpose of the scriptures are not known, its abuse is inevitable. 
Although the scriptures were written by several authors at different times, different times, different generations and societies, the essence of the book remains the same. The essence of the book remains the same. Look at Psalm 33, verse number 4, verse 4, verse 9, and verse 11. Psalm 33, verse 4, verse 9, and verse 11. Verse 4 says, For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. Verse 9. Be not as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Verse 11, verse 11 of the same chapter. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. The term word, the word, in verse 4, for the word of the Lord was translated from the Hebrew word, the bar. I spell for you D-A-B-A-R, word, the bar in Hebrews, which implies a word spoken, a word spoken, a word spoken, and by further implication, it refers to a matter spoken of or discussed. A matter spoken of or discussed. The word, a word spoken, and further explanation, a matter spoken of or discussed. Then there's another clause we saw in verse 4 of that same Psalm 33. He says, the counsel of the Lord standeth forever. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. The thoughts of his heart to all generations. That explains that word, the bar. The counsel of the Lord. The bar. The counsel of the Lord. The word of the Lord, therefore, refers to the counsel and thoughts of God. The word of the Lord means the counsel, the thoughts, the intent, the plan, the design of God. That's the meaning of the word of the Lord in this context. Now, please stay with me. The context we just looked at is consistent in God's intention, God's thought, God's plan across all generations. God's plan, God's thought, God's counsel is consistent across all generations. There is consistency in the truth which is God. His counsel, his plan, his thought is consistent across all generations. Then the word Dabar, D-A-B-A-R, which we just saw, was transliterated into the Greek. And in the Septuagint Greek, the word Dabar is the word Logos, L-O-G-O-S in the Greek. The transliteration of the word Dabar is the word Logos, L-O-G-O-S. The term Logos, the Logos, the Logos implies a statement. Logos, a statement or an intent. When we say the Logos of God, we are saying the statement of God, the intent of God, it also means an idea, an idea, logos, intent, plan, an idea, a statement, a story, or a message. The word logos, logos. And more emphatically, it speaks of a conclusion. 
the logos if you if you observe john chapter 1 verse 1 says in the beginning was the word the word was with god the word was god and the word was with god in the beginning all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made so the word the logos is the word word in the beginning was the logos and the logos was with god and the logos was god now some of you have been around so you had some preachers say to you there is logos and there is rema and so when you are preaching you hear somebody say i just cut the rhema i just cut the rhema that's illiteracy the rhema and the logos are also saying the same thing the logos is what was said the rhema is from what was said what was documented so you can't be saying i cut the rhema it means you are a product of bad pastoring you can't be catching rhema you should catch both Rema and Logos. I say, you know, Logos is written, Rema is spoken, spoken by the Spirit. Logos is just written, but Rema is spoken by the Spirit. But Rema and Logos are by the Spirit. The Logos is what is written. The Rema is what was spoken to be written. Remember, it was spoken first, then it was spoken to be written. Then it was written to be spoken. Are you following? It was spoken first. Then it was written. Then it was written so that it might be spoken. So today we speak what was written from what was spoken. You didn't hear what I said. We speak today what was written from what was spoken. Are we communicating here? Now stay with me because I'm going somewhere with this. <clears throat> So, the word Logos is the plan of God. The plan of God. And friends, the scriptures reveal the plan of God. Because everywhere I go, I hear people say, Dr. Damina, I'm really seeking to know the plan of God for my life. I want to live out God's plan for my life. So, we're going to be examining the plan of God, both in this service and at the 2 o'clock service. Are you excited about that? The plan of God. And at the end of it, I'm going to lay hands on every one of you and impart and steer up the things that are hiding on your inside and release you to go into this city and explode everywhere. It's time to shine the light and the devil has no hiding place. If your amen is louder, you will be among those shining the light. The scriptures reveal the plan of God. So the scriptures are a document that uses history, a document that uses history, oral traditions, events, persons, and things. You didn't hear that. The scriptures are a document that uses history, tradition, events, persons, and things to teach faith in Christ Jesus. The scriptures are a document that uses history, oral tradition, events, persons, and things to teach faith in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 15 verse number 4. Romans chapter 15 verse number 4. For whatsoever things were written aforetime, we are written for our learning. That we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. That we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So whatsoever things were written afore or before, they were written for our learning. 
Please stay with me. The book of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 11. Brother Paul writing to Corinth and he says to them, Now, all these things happened unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Which means, therefore, it should be noted that the scriptures are written concerning faith in Christ Jesus. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 15 and 16. They are written concerning faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture are written to bring you to a place of faith in Christ Jesus. All scriptures. All scripture are written to bring you to a place of faith in Christ Jesus. For example, brother Paul explains the profitability of the scriptures in the preaching of the gospel. The profitability of the scriptures. Remember, they are profitable, the word ophilimos, useful or advantageous. So brother Paul explains that in 1st Corinthians, sorry, 2nd Corinthians chapter 4 verse 3 to 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 3 to 6. A lot of scriptures this morning, but they are good for your health. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Next verse. In whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not. Why? Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Next verse. Verse 5. For we preach not ourselves. We preach not ourselves. A preacher is not supposed to preach himself. I just bought a Mercedes Benz. I just got a BMW the other day. I was preaching in France and somebody gave me a gold wristwatch. I'm trying to make that in show, Pastor Jane. The thing is not showing. I was preaching in France and they gave me a gold wristwatch. Can you see my own? And the preacher says, you know, the other day I was preaching, somebody just gave me a house, you know. Uh, you know, some of you may not understand the dimensions some of us are operating. We preach not ourselves. We are not the gospel. When a preacher is self-centered, get out of that place. The preacher has, he's not the message. The preacher is supposed to hide and project the message. We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your servants for Jesus sake, not your bosses. We are not your bosses. We are your servants. I go to meetings and everybody is trying to grab my Bible. Everybody is trying to grab. I kept my Bible. <laughs> yeah. I don't let people carry my Bible for me. Why? It's my Bible. Hold your own. I'm not the message. I'm a messenger. You know, I was telling Pastor Jane the other day, I go to places to preach and they bring a group of people and tell me, these are your protocol people. They will stay here from morning till night and sometimes they will even tell me they will stay till morning. Doing what? The question is, doing what? Who is coming to carry me from here? 
I'm not a wanted cargo. <laughs> Brothers, bless you. Go home and enjoy. Let's meet in church. Amen. Be blessed. I don't need all that. I don't need all that. I'm not a boss. I'm a servant. I'm here to serve you. That's why you're all sitting. I'm standing. See the way I'm sweating? I'm serving you grace. I'm serving you revelation. I'm serving you Christ. I'm teaching here. We are servants for Jesus' sake. Next verse. Next verse. Verse 6. Oh, glory to God. But God, or for God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Where? In the face of Jesus Christ. Now, pay attention. Pay attention. At the time of this teaching that Brother Paul was teaching here in the church in Corinth, the only thing that was available for teaching were the scriptures. So it therefore can be said that Brother Paul taught from what was the text of Genesis 1, 1 to 3. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. So which notes was Brother Paul using to teach? Moses' notes. Yesterday we saw that Jesus was using whose notes? Moses' notes. The prophets used whose notes? Moses' notes. So the theology of Jesus is the theology of Moses. The theology of Paul is the theology of Moses. Because there's consistency in Bible theology. So when Paul was preaching to the church in Corinth, like I'm preaching here, his teaching notes were Moses' notes. So when Paul now will say to them, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts, where is Paul getting this from? He's getting this from Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 to 3. Put it up for me, Genesis chapter 1 from verse 1 to 3. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Next verse. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters so even though there was darkness there was a move of the spirit because the spirit is not afraid of darkness so he moves in the midst of darkness I'm teaching here next verse and God said let there be light and there was light the Hebrew Kumash said God said light be light was now, the question is, many people think when they read Genesis 1, 1 to 3, they are reading the account of creation. So for those of you that have been around some preachers, you will hear preachers tell you that God created the world in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Then chapter 2, Satan fell and destroyed the world. Then chapter 3, God now started recreating the world by saying, light be. That's not true. Then some of you that have been around may have read some materials where they talk about the pre-Adamic race. The pre-Adamic race. It's a theology that came from a man called Dix. That theology is unfounded in scripture. There is no creation that pre-existed Genesis 1. Because in the original Hebrew, in verse 2 he says, give me verse 2, Genesis 1, 1, 2. And the earth was toho boho. The earth was toho boho. That's the original in the Hebrew. Toho boho means nothing, nothing. 
Nothing existed before Genesis 1. The earth was nothing, nothing. It's not like God created a world, then, then Satan destroyed the world, then God started creating again. Satan? No, Satan hadn't appeared here. What was Moses writing here? He was not writing the account of creation. Genesis 1, 1, 2, and 3 is not the account of creation. So what is Moses writing? That's what brother Paul is explaining. God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts. So which means the book of Genesis, Moses started the book with the salvation plan of God because the Bible is a book of salvation. So it opens with salvation. So Genesis 1.1, God created the heaven and the earth. Verse 2, the earth was without form and void. Earth is man. Heaven is God. When Moses say heaven and earth, he's talking about deity and humanity. And the earth, man, was without void. Darkness was in man's heart. God said, light be. And light shone in man's heart. So Genesis 1.1 is the state of a man without God and how God introduced salvation to that man. Am I teaching? That's why if you read further, you will see now, after this, Moses now began to talk about creation. This light in verse 3 is not creation. This light is revelation. Because after this, he now talked about the moon, the sun, so which means this is not the moon and this is not the sun in verse 3. I'm teaching here. So when Paul will use Moses' teaching notes, he now puts it like this, but God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shone in our hearts. Brother John will give a corroboration to what I'm just teaching right now in John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. Life where? Life in the beginning. And the life was the light of man. And the light which is Christ shines in darkness the heart of a man that is not born again and the darkness cannot comprehend it because God who commands the light to shine out of darkness has shone in our hearts. If I'm teaching, say I hear you. Now that's a corroboration because you require corroborations to establish doctrinal positions. So we've seen Moses, we've seen John, we've seen Paul Using Moses' teaching notes to establish the same doctrine that it was in the beginning God's plan was to shine his light in the heart of a man that is not born again. And that shining of the light is what is called the gospel. Because he says, for if our gospel be hid, what gospel? The gospel that was taught by Moses. What gospel was Moses teaching? Light in darkness. How is it hidden? By their minds being blinded. The God of this world has blinded their minds. How does the God of this world blind the minds of people? Via information. Their minds are blinded by the information given to them which is contrary to God. 
Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3 to 5. Look at how the minds of a man that is not born again is blinded. Second Corinthians. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Next verse. For the weapons of our warfare, verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. What are strongholds? He explains in the next verse. Casting down imaginations and every heighting that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That is the preaching of the gospel. When we preach the gospel, we are engaging thought patterns in your mind and we are bringing them down to obey the knowledge of Christ. Am I teaching here? Somebody used to believe in witches and wizards being powerful. When we begin to show you who you are in Christ and what Christ has done to Satan and his kingdom, those strongholds are brought down suddenly. Witches are no more an issue. In fact, you are looking for them to demonstrate the love of God to them. What happened was we brought down imaginations. We brought down thoughts. We brought down reasonings. How do we bring them down? By the teaching and the preaching of the gospel. Those are the weapons. The weapons are not carnal. We don't fight with men. But we use words. For the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. If I'm teaching good, can I have a good amen? Now, so... The minds of the unbeliever has been blinded by information that is contrary to Christ. It's been blinded. Somebody said to me, Dr. Damina, you preach about a God who is a good God. If God is really a good God, why does he allow evil to happen on earth? You say God is a good God. And he allows little children to have diseases that cannot be cured. And God is looking at helpless children dying without help. And God does nothing about it. How good is God? That is the argument of the eight years. You say God is good. Why did he create evil? And I'm sure some people have confronted you with such questions. You say God is good. Why did he create Satan? How can a good God create Satan? He knows that Satan is evil. He knows that Satan will bring disaster to man. Yet he created Satan. And you call him a good God. And the atheists can't fathom that kind of bipolar God who is extreme good and extreme evil in one personality. And so when you come to them, you must be able to bring information that is concrete enough to bring down those mindsets. And once those set mindsets are corrected, they open up and receive the gospel. So the devil uses those distorted informations to blind their minds so that they do not believe the gospel you preach. That's why a man of God and a woman of God like you must be equipped with knowledge to be able to contend against mindsets that contradict the goodness of, of God. Am I teaching somewhere? And some preachers are not helping us. Some preachers are making the matter worse for us. They now talk about the, the other side of God. They now talk about God is a killer. So if God is a killer, why is murder a sin? Murder should be holy. We should all go around killing people because that is the nature of our father. Don't dare call my father a murderer. There is no death in God. 
God is life only. God is light only. There is no darkness in God. Every good and perfect gift cometh from above. It cometh from the Father of light, with whom there is no variableness, neither a shadow of turning. If you believe it, shout yes, yes, yes. But, but you see, it's not enough to know that. You must know it enough to engage minds that have been corrupted. So if God is a good God, why did he create Satan? So how do you answer that? Well, God never created Satan. God, listen carefully. God never created Satan. So the question is did Satan just appear? No. Satan didn't just appear because Satan is not infinite. Only the infinite can just appear and disappear. Satan is not infinite. Satan was created. So if God didn't create Satan, who created Satan? Well, God never created Satan. Let's establish that first. Let's look at a record of what God created. Genesis chapter 1, where we just started from. Genesis chapter 1, from verse 1. When you get home, you can read the whole chapter. You will see the things that God created. He will say, and God did this, and it was good. And God did that, and it was good. And God created this, and it was good. The whole chapter of Genesis 1 is the record of God's creation. Creation and everything he created was good. Look at Genesis 1 31 as he concludes the discourse. Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Satan is not in the list. You won't find Satan in Genesis 1 because God didn't create Satan. So, who created Satan? Satan didn't just appear. God created man. God created good things. The moon, the sun. God created the planet. Planted diamonds, gold, oil wells, agriculture. Created beautiful grounds. In fact, can I shock you? In the beginning of God's creation, rain was not supposed to fall. God didn't create rain... God didn't create rain. I know you have rainfall in Nairobi right now. That's not God's goodness. Rain is not God's goodness. If you think I am joking, let a flood hit Nairobi and let your houses be brought down. Then thank God for rain. Because all that God created is represented in Genesis 1. And there's no rain in Genesis 1. What we have in Genesis 1 is that God created the the atmosphere and water in the clouds. Not to fall, but to cool the atmosphere. Then water on the ground, springing out to water the plants. So water up, cooling us. Water on the ground, watering our plants. So we have agriculture. Not water falling on men. The first record of rainfall in the Bible was during the flood of Noah. So rainfall was judgment. Rainfall was judgment for man's sins. 
It was because of the sin of man, creation went distorted. So rain is the distortion of God's plan. That is when water started falling from the sky on man. In the beginning, that was not the plan. Why? God is a good God. That is why on their way from Egypt to the promised land, there was a pillar of fire by day, um, and a, I mean a pillar of cloud by day, and a pillar of fire by night. Rain wasn't falling. Yet when the weather was hot, there was cold the cloud cooling them and when it was cold there was fire warming them he gave them warmers and he gave them air conditioners that were natural to take care of their well-being because god is a good god oh if i'm teaching go shout i hear so god didn't create rainfall rainfall the first time was judgment on falling man the flood of noah was the first time rain fell in Genesis 1, no rain. But you see the atmosphere cooling the grounds and water springing out from the ground, watering the plants. That's the original plan. But the sin of man messed up God's creation. Now, we have still not answered the golden question. Who created Satan? <laughs> yeah, because there's no Satan in Genesis 1. And Genesis 1 is all that God created. Pastor Jane, after Genesis 1, God created nothing. You won't find God creating anything after Genesis 1. The only thing that God created after Genesis 1 is the new creation. And that came out of his resurrection. I'm telling you good. So who created Satan? Because the bad boy is Satan. He's the killer. He's the stealer or the thief. Do we call him stealer or thief? Which other, each of them feels good for him. They are all the same. Who created Satan? Because that's what the atheists will ask you. You say there's a God. Children are dying. You say there's a God. COVID shut down the world for one year and another macaroni is coming out now. Is it macaroni? Or? I call him macaroni. Who created those names? These are not human beings. There's macaroni coming out and countries are beginning to shut down. Again. If God is a good God, why all this virus and disasters, evil things are happening, people dying in their numbers. It's like God is very weak. It's like God is helpless. And you say he's a powerful God? Why all the evils? Dr. Damina, you say God is a good God. I've been a Christian since I was young. And not too long ago, I've kept myself as holy as I can. They just diagnosed me of cancer. How can God be a good God? Many people, those are their issues. And they find it difficult to believe in this God that we preach. So we must be armed with knowledge to dislodge those mindsets and present God right. That's why many children don't go to church. Young people in the UK don't want to go to church. Because they can't reconcile this God that they saw their father and mother worshipping from childhood, fasting, praying, 100 days, 200 days of fasting, and the father died without an inheritance for the children. The mother died a pauper. And you said, God is a good God. Some of you have been fasting, I've been praying, I've been a faithful sister. I'm 45, no husband. How can God be good? No husband, no man has even ever looked at me mistakenly to say, I love you. <laughs> mistakenly. I, I love you. 
<laughs> and he runs away. Nothing like that. Do you make me feel a bit better? And you say, God is a good God. I'm teaching good this morning. Every inquiry of men has its answers in the Bible. Except you don't know the Bible. So who created Satan? Not God. Not God. Where did Satan come from? So Satan is not in Genesis 1. So then in Genesis 2, God formed man out of the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils and man became a living soul. The Kumash translation says man became another speaking spirit. A living soul. So God created man in his own image. The first man God created did not come out deformed. The first man God created was not blind. The first man God created was not diseased. The first man God created didn't have any, any, any deformities. He was perfect. In fact, to show you the level of perfection with which God created the first man, the first man walked around and began to name the animals. Cow, monkey, donkey, baboon, elephant, cockroach, lizard. Without going to school. He named all the animals without going to school, yet universities are still trying to discover the things that Adam just spoke. I'm teaching good here. And whatever he called them, remain their name till today. That's how perfect the man that God created was. The second person that God created was Jesus. Jesus came out of Mary's womb. Perfect. Grew up perfect. Grew in wisdom, in knowledge. He grew in, 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 in stature and in favor with God and man. No deformity. Two people God created. Adam and Jesus. And after God created Adam, God has not created any other man. When you hear people say, I'm believing God to give me a baby. It's not God that gives babies. It's not God that gives babies. If you claim that it is God that gives babies to women and, and men, what about babies that come out blind? Did God send a blind child to the earth? What about babies that come out with one leg hanging? What about two babies that come out with their brains joined together? Can that be God? No, 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 no. That cannot be God. So God is not the one that gives babies. Somebody say, but the Bible says children are the heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Let me quickly help you with that. What Solomon was saying is that God set the factory that manufactures children in human beings. But that God set the factory, God is not operating the factory. So if a husband decides to give his wife three children in three years, it is not God. It is the husband and the wife that decided to set the law of reproduction in motion. That's why a guy can rape a girl and she's pregnant. That's not God. Him and the girl set the laws of reproduction in motion. So God put in man the factory of reproduction. And man operates the factory. That's why some families have 10 children. Some have 20 children. And some have 2. They decided because the laws are operated by man. That's why science has come out with surrogacy. Science has come out with what again? They have come out with IVF. They have, science has gone so far that science can determine whether you have five boys or three boys. In fact, science can help you to have eight children at once. Why? Because God gave the control of that to man. 
The heaven, even the heavens belong to God. The earth he has given to the sons of men. Let us make man, let them have dominion. He didn't say let us man, make man, let us have. No, let us make man and let them have dominion. If the world is spoiled, man in dominion spoiled it. If there's evil on the earth, man in dominion created the evil. So we're still answering the question, who created Satan? Should we leave it for part two or we should finish it in part one? You like finishing things. Satan is a fallen angel. A fallen angel. So what did God create? God created the angelic bodies. And Satan was one. His name was not Satan. His name was Lucifer. Lucifer means son of the morning or an angel of light. That's what God created. But Lucifer decided, Bible says, until iniquity was found in his heart. Where did the iniquity come from? His thoughts. Lucifer, and you know some preachers who don't understand uh, demonology very well, they will tell you that Lucifer was a choir master. You understand? <laughs> Lucifer, me so do 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 re mi fa so la ti do do ti la so fa mi re do 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 do. Lucifer, and then they will tell you that when Lucifer is conducting the choir, once he opens his hand, all the musical instruments will start playing rubbish rubbish. Then they say that's why secular musicians are very good in music because Satan is their father and he was the originator of music. Rubbish. You've heard those things? Lucifer was an angel and all angels were created to serve man. God, God doesn't need angels. Have I said that before? God doesn't need angels. Angels were created to serve man. So Lucifer was to serve Adam. All the angels were to serve Adam because Adam was God's man in the Garden of Eden. Teaching good? The plan of God was for Adam to control the angels and instruct them. You, go here. You, do this. You, don't do that because they were there to serve Adam. But the Bible says iniquity was found in the heart of Lucifer because Lucifer wanted to exalt his throne and be like the Most High. He didn't want to be the Most High. He wanted to be like, and the person that was like the most high on earth was Adam. So, Lucifer wanted Adam's position. Lucifer didn't want God. Who Can he even think, it, think of overthrowing God? <laughs> Have you ever molded a pot of clay and the pot of clay stood up and slapped you? <laughs> How can creature fight creator? Does it happen in your village? Satan, Lucifer was not thinking of overthrowing God. Somebody said, but the Bible says in Revelation, there was war in heaven. Heaven doesn't mean where God is. Heaven means in the heavenlies, the atmosphere. There was war among, uh, among angelic rulers against Adam's position. Not against God. 
Bible says an, an, an angel Michael, an angel Gabriel push him down. Yes, they push Satan down. Because they knew that Adam didn't put himself there. God put him there. But Satan, I mean Lucifer, wanted Adam's position. Now look at where the lacuna is. The lacuna is here where Satan, I mean Adam, didn't understand the full import of his authority. So because Adam didn't understand his full import of authority, okay, Lucifer said to Adam, eat of that tree. Lucifer is commanding Adam and Eve to do something. And they obeyed. Adam should be commanding Lucifer to do something. But Lucifer is commanding Adam and Adam is obeying. So in that state of Lucifer giving instruction to Adam and Adam obeying, the angels left their estate of obeying man to instructing man. Man left his estate of instructing angels to obeying angels. That switch is where Lucifer became Satan and Adam became a victim of Satan. It's a perversion, not a creation. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. There was perversion. What man should have been doing, man didn't do. What Lucifer should have been doing, Lucifer didn't do. That twist is what turned Lucifer into Satan. The iniquity was his lust to be like man. If I'm communicating, say I hear you. It is from there that we have the person called Satan. Satan is not God's creation. Satan is man's creation. And from then, all his evil ideas began to spring forth. And remember, with the fall of Lucifer, other angels fell with him. So out of some of those angels came out demons. So Satan, with those angels, built a kingdom called the kingdom of darkness. And because Adam gave Satan or gave Lucifer that authority, God couldn't stop it because Adam's authority over the earth was legal. And if the legal owner of the authority legal Brother James helps us out a lot in this. James 1 13. <clears throat> James chapter number 1, verse number 13. Let no man say, please pay attention here. This will theologically sort you out. Let no man say, when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he any man. Temptation never comes from God. Next verse. But every man is tempted. James 1.14 Every man is tempted. How many men are tempted? All of us are tempted. I get tempted. You get tempted. Any human being that doesn't get tempted is not well. Every man is tempted. Every man is tempted. When he's drawn away of his own lust, his own 
So every man has his own lust. See? Some of you, your lust is cars. You just love cars. You can do anything to get a car. Some of you, your lust is money. Oh, money. You need the grace of God to overcome. Everybody has his own lust. There are things you like. Lust doesn't, is not a bad word. Lust means desire. Desire. Do you have desires? How many of you have desires? Okay. You are, you are a man. If you didn't lift your hand, I don't know what you are. <laughs> because every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own laws and enticed. See, what you don't desire cannot tempt you. What you don't desire cannot tempt you. How many of you like nice, nice things? You like beautiful things. So if you're a brother and a beautiful woman passes, you look. You must look, including me. So I can help you. Because some of you brothers are trying to. Mm -mm. When I said including me, they, yeah. <laughs> we all love beautiful women. True or false. But when you look, bam, take your eyes off. Don't look and stay. Just, wow. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you created good things. And same thing with ladies. When a handsome, well-looking guy just passes by, you go like, whoa, God is a good God. Is it not true? Why didn't you stay with your look? Because you don't want to be enticed. The enticement is when you concentrate. You start looking. Wow. He has a fine set of teeth. Look at the eyes. Oh, Jesus. My goodness, look at the height. Whoa, man. God did extra work on this guy. <laughs> now you are getting in trouble. But if you just look and you say, wow, and you go away, you will not get in trouble. Am I teaching good here? Every man is tempted. Okay, let me, let me, let me settle this matter. Jesus was tempted. So what are we talking about? Jesus was tempted. I get tempted. You get tempted. True or false? No temptation has taken you, but such as is common to man. So temptation is common to man. Stop pretending. Relax. We didn't say you sinned. We just said you are a real human being. Am I teaching good? And of course, there are some ladies you see, you don't even, as you're looking, you don't even want to look again. You frown. Can I see something better? And there are some young men you also look at. Let me look at something else to clean the memory. Is it not true? You know why? Because God created us as, as, as creations of desire. Somebody say desire. That's why the Bible says, what things soever you desire when you pray. So desires are not wrong. Desires are not a sin. I'm teaching good here. Desires are not a sin. When you desire, when you have desires, don't feel bad. Don't be pretending. Relax. It's when you pretend that you now finally fall into it. 
You'll be pretending like you're not seeing it. Then you'll not be stealing looks. Then when nobody's looking. But if you were not pretending, you wouldn't be doing all of that. Am I teaching good here? It's when you think you cannot have something that you want to have it. You know? That's why little children, don't tell them don't go there because you will get there. Don't even call their attention to it. Just leave them. But when you say, hey, don't get there. From that moment, it begins to. (laughs) And he will touch it. (laughs) Because you told him not to go there. You call his attention to it. I, I don't know if I'm teaching here. So every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own laws and enticed. Then watch the next verse. And when lost had conceived, so there's a process. Lost will conceive. When lost had conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Next verse. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Stop blaming God for evil. Stop blaming God for disasters. Do not err. The word err is the Greek word planao. Planao means don't be led astray. Don't be led. Do not err. Don't be led astray. My beloved brethren. What he's saying is this is the motion of sin. Lost. Enticed. Lost conception. Sin. Sin. Death. So God didn't create death. Death was created by man. Just like Satan was created by man. Okay. Can I prove it a little further? Romans 5.12 Romans chapter 5 verse number 12 We are for as by one man sin entered into the world. The word entered is the Greek word esekomai. Esekomai means a foreign object that did not exist was introduced. Introduced by man. By one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. Man, sin, sin, death. Who produced death? Man. How? By sin. Sin by how? Desire. Not God. As by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so, death passed upon all men for that. All have sinned. God is not the creator of sin. God is not the creator of death. God is not the creator of Satan. God is good. Man is the architect of his problems. Man created Satan, created sin, created death. And that death is ravishing man. The only part that God plays is that God stepped in. And made his redemption plan available. And then offered it to man. If man accepts it, he is saved. If man rejects it, he is consumed. God's part is redemption. I'm teaching God. So now observe. Do not err. James chapter 1 verse 16. Do not err my beloved brethren. Next verse. Every good... 17 brother every good 
James 1.17 Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness neither shadow of turning. Good things come from God bad things came from man. Death came from man. Disasters came from man. Evil came from man. Diseases come from man. Yeah. Is that what you didn't do or what you did that brought disease to your body? It's what you did or what you didn't do that brought disease to your body. It's as simple as that. (laughs) It's as simple as that. All the disasters and evil things in the earth today are created by man. I'm telling you. The virus we are talking about is, 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 is man-made. All the COVID stuff is man-made. Because there are people seeking for global control. There are people seeking for global economic power. How many of you know when nations were all shut down last year, some people were making billions every minute. People like Elon Musk made too much money under the lockdown. Too much. Trillions. People like Jeff Bezos. These guys don't care about God. They don't know your God. They are globalists. They want to control global economy and global wealth. Zoom made too much money under the lockdown because the whole world was on Zoom. And you were paying as you were using it. Because that was the only way to communicate. Facebook made money. Instagram, Twitter. Because that was the only place people could interface with each other. These guys have become controllers of global wealth. Why? Because God does not interfere in the events of men. He gave man the planet and allowed man to control the planet. And then believers, instead of understanding your authority and your place in the earth and getting into the market space and contend intelligently, you sit in the church fasting and praying and asking God to do for you what you ought to have done for yourself. Why should I fast and pray to get what an unbeliever gets without prayer? It's a question. Why are you fasting for what unbelievers are getting without prayer? You are an unbeliever. Who should fast? The unbeliever should fast. But he's not fasting and he's getting it. You, you're fasting and you're not getting it. Can't you see that something is wrong with your fasting? Stop the fasting and eat so you can think well. You're fasting too much. It's affecting your mental health. I'm teaching good. I'm serious. Some of you, too much fasting makes you not even know what to say. Because there's deficiency in the supply of, of, of fuel in your brain. Say, what is your name? Huh? What is your name? Uh... Kenyatta. By the time I say Kenyatta, somebody else has told his own name. Joseph, and they have carried Joseph. Kenyatta is still in Because the brain is slow. Because fasting has drained you of speed. Dr. Damina, are you against fasting? No, you fast every day. It's just that you don't know. Every one of you here, you fast every day. What do they call that morning food that you eat? Eh? Eh? (laughs) 
What is breakfast? <laughs> you are breaking. That means you were. And you do it every Whether you are a Christian or you are not a Christian, you fast every day. Every morning you wake up, you take breakfast because you were fasting in the night. Who told you fasting must be 6 to 6 in the day? What about 6 to 6 in the night? They are the same. Nothing changes it. So instead of fasting during productive hours, fast in the night when everywhere is quiet and you have energy and focus. Pray and add the Bible to it. That makes it Bible fasting. Don't sleep through the night. You've been sleeping all your life. Take some nights and stay awake. You won't die. People don't die when they stay awake at night. I'm teaching good. God is not responsible for evil. God is not responsible for the disasters. Some say, but the Bible says, God says, I create light and I create darkness. That was Isaiah's assumption and confusion. But somebody says it's written, yes, because the Bible was inspired to document everything. Then it is left for us now to know God and use the revelation of God to now divide. We now divide. When we know who God is, we can now say, okay, this is God. No, 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 no. This cannot be God. No, that cannot. Can, can you imagine the assumptions? Pastor Jane, look at some assumptions that somebody like Moses had his own assumptions. Look at Exodus 4.24. Look at Exodus chapter 4 verse 24. And I'll be rounding up in another few minutes so you can go on break. And then we're back at 2. Are you blessed? Yeah. Have I wasted your time? Can we all read together? Everybody, everybody, if you can see the screen, and if you cannot see, don't worry, we'll help you. Want to go? And it came to pass by the way in the way in that the Lord met him and sought to kill him. God, God is seeking to kill. God doesn't know how to kill. So he is God. That's an assumption. But it is written. If God wants to kill, he doesn't have to seek. As he's thinking it, they are dying. <laughs> As he just starts thinking it, they start dying. Is it not true? Because that's why he's God. God doesn't seek to heal. Genesis 18 says, And the Lord said, Let me go down to Sodom and see whether they will obey. God said, Wait, wait, wait. Wait. Nairobi and listen. God said, Let me go down. That is from here, I don't know. And I am God. But from here, I don't know. So let me go down and mingle among them and then see. Can that be God? He knows the end from the beginning. And the beginning from the end. He doesn't have to come down. But it is written that God said, I will go down and see. Another assumption. I can give you another assumption. The sons of men built a tower and the Lord came down. So to stop the tower, the Lord physically came down. God doesn't have to come down to stop something. He just needs to and everything will get into chaos. A lot of assumptions. Am I teaching good? So when you read the Bible, don't take things just because they saw them. They must be interpreted. That's why there's Bible teaching and interpretation so that you're able to see the mind of the author and the intent of writing. And remember, remember, remember the Bible is an English book but the Bible is not an English book. It's a Greek and Hebrew material. 
that was transliterated or translated and in the process of translation because of weakness of language you can lose certain meanings that's why most times you hear me go to Hebrew and Greek to bring out the original in today's understanding for example if I write a book now and I said it was raining cat and dogs in Nairobi I was there last week it was raining cat and dogs and that book is read in 50 years. When cat and dogs will have gone out of, 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 of circulation in language. And somebody is reading. And it's rain cat and dogs. Wow. So cats and dogs were coming from the sky? The person will never know until somebody who was there, when that figure of speech was used to say, no, 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 no. Cat and dog is a figure of speech used in our time to mean the rain fell heavy. So the same way we have such figures in today's communication, they had it in Bible days. So when you read the Bible, just, don't just be jumping around. Calm down. For example, suffer not the little children to come unto me. Suffer. No, suffer the little children. Suffer the little children to come unto me. Suffer them. You understand? Suffer the children. And in suffering them, bring them to me. Literal, that's what it means. But that statement is not literal. It's language. Is it getting clear? The power of scriptures is experienced when they are interpreted. It is in the interpretation. That's where the power is. So let no man say, when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own loss and enticed. And then when loss has conceived, bring it forth sin. Sin when it is finished, bring it forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. God is a good God. Amen. Amen? The only part God plays in confusion is to intervene. He brings redemption. He brings salvation. He brings healing. He brings restoration. What somebody will shout hallelujah. hallelujah. And that's the gospel. The gospel is the revelation of God's character. What is God's character? God is good. What is God's character? God is love. What is God's character? God is faithful. What is God's character? Every good and perfect gift comes from God. I thought somebody will shout hallelujah. God does not have glory in sickness. The only glory that God gets out of sickness is when he heals the sickness. And God wants to heal. God wants to deliver. Those of you that are in need of a miracle right now, wherever you're sitting on the sound of my voice, as your amen will come like thunder, I declare right now, receive that miracle. Receive that miracle. Receive that miracle. On your body, on your job, in your career, where you need a miracle, in the name of the resurrected Christ, receive that miracle now. Heart conditions be corrected. Sugar diabetes flush out. High blood pressure come down. Body be healed. Body be healed. Body be restored. Mind be restored. In the name of Jesus, I command growth to disappear. Tumors to melt out. Receive it in the name of Jesus. I take authority over confusion in your marriage, in your career, on your job. Confusion over your life. I command confusion cease in the name of Jesus. Every confusion cease in the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every name must bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Whatever is not planted by my Father shall be rooted out. 
everything that is embarrassing you I command it to be rooted out sickness rooted out disease rooted out pain rooted out in the name of Jesus open your two hands and point them to me open them as if you are receiving something open them open them open them i speak over your hands by the apostolic mandate upon my life whatever you touch from after this service i command it to prosper prosper on your job prosper in your business prosper in your career prosper in the work of your hands your ministry prosper hey in the name of jesus i decree from this day forward receive opportunities receive favors he opened it and no man shut it he shut it and no man opened it he has set before you an open door no man can shut that door as your amen is coming like thunder enter your door enter your door walk into your space take over that territory conquer that city conquer that space in the name of Jesus Somebody say very loud, I am in authority here. Put your foot down. Say, I take charge of my territory. Right now, Satan and demons out of my space. Light shines. Light shines. Light shines. I dominate in the name of Jesus. If your amen is louder, receive manifestation. Zekonda Gashka Zekonda Gashka Zekonda Gashka Zekonda Gashka Zekonda Gashka If you can pray in tongues, take 30 seconds Push it, push it in tongues Lego Zabenaha Legranda Gangelebash Angelebo Sataya Babra Gadagalede Baba Egashakende Aganda 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 Ale Barakatoba Agareta Barode Engalanemo Sataya Angeredeska 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 Egebo Zata Egebo Zata Egebo Zata Egebo Zata Egebo Zata Alebata, Alebata, Alebata. In the name of Jesus. Can I hear that amen like thunder? Put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder. Stand with somebody too, too. Stand with somebody too, too. And I want you to begin to command the person. Tell the person, I release you now into the purpose of God. I release you now into God's plan. I command confusion ends in your life receive direction receive focus receive support receive help now pray for the person in the spirit Pray for that person. Pray, 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 pray. Something is shifting. Something is breaking. Something is shifting. Something is breaking. Pray. Leka tomelea. Leka tomelea. Leka tomelea. 
In the name of Jesus. If you believe it is done, shout that amen like thunder. Some of you hearing the sound of my voice, 24 hours from now, few hours from now, three days from now, seven days from now, a few hours from now, things that have been delayed in your life has been released. Has been released. Has been released. Situations are shifting. Circumstances are shifting. Things 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 are shifting. Lekosa, 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 lekosa. Brekata, 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 angama sota, angama sota, angama sota. Mosha, 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 ah, 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 Bracato, 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 Massa, 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 Anga, Anga, Egebadada, Egebadada, Aya, 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 Ashkababa, Ashkababa, Never the same, never the same, never the same again, never the same, never the same. Ayada, 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 never the same, never the same, never the same, never the same, Ayatata, Ayatata, never the same, Oha, 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 never the same, never the same, never the same, Ayatata, things are Shifting, things are changing, things are breaking. Agadada, 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 Holy Ghost. Ayana, Ayana, 
Ayana Agaba 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 Elematata 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 Angama 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 Alabata Tata 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 Angemo Shaka Angemo Shaka Agabadode 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 Ashkaba 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 Barata 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 Angemosata 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 Lebroda Sakea Lebroda Sakaya Babragado Dede Babragado Dodo Ashkabaya Angemosotala Baratata 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 Osekelenemosata Zigodash, 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 Zigodash. Take it, Zianos, Zianos. Take it, Zianos. Sakatata. Take it, Zianos. Take it, take it, Zakakona, Zakakona. Take it, Mato, 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 Mato. Mato, Mato, Angebo Sota, To, 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 Agagash, 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 Angela, 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 Angela. Angela, 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 Agabado Saya, Agabado Saya, Agabado Saya, Agabado Saya, Lebra Dada, Lebra Dada, Lebra Dada, Lebra Dada, Lebra Dada, Lebra Dada. Lebra dada, hangeba, 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 halamatote, halamatote. Everybody shout Holy Ghost. Say Holy Ghost. Manifest through me to my generation. Agayo lebo sata. Zobalata. Lift your hands and begin to worship him. Lift your hands and begin to praise. 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 
Begin to praise. Begin to praise. Begin to praise. Begin to praise. Zalo. Zalo. Angamanas. 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 See how far you brought me. I'm so glad you have me holding. I can see, I can tell, and I know it's your grace for my days. I will sing your praise. See how far you brought me. I'm so glad you found me worthy. I can see, I can tell. And I know it's your grace for my days. I will sing your praise. Oh, see how far you brought me. I can't. 
comes, precision comes, accuracy comes. No more hit and miss. No more trial and errors. You begin to walk in my goodness. You walk in my plan. You walk in my purpose. And live out the rest of your days serving my purpose. Saith God, you will begin to see things working out and helping you to navigate your life through my purpose saith God the light you need I have provided the resources you need I have provided everything you will require I have made available they are all on your inside explained by my word so spend extra time in my word Spend more time in my word. And as you stay in my word, my word will show you where the things that I have prepared for you and the things I have organized for you and the things I have set aside for you, my word will show you where they are. So you continue to walk in those realities and enjoy the liberty, enjoy the victory, and enjoy all that I have provided. Says the Spirit of God. This is your time. This is your hour. And don't let nobody keep you out of it. Says the Spirit of God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. I'm going to hand over to Pastor Jen. She will tell us what to do from here. But the next session is going to be very, very brutal. Because that will be the last session of this whole conference. It's going to be brutal. And um, I'm going to open up some things and then I'm going to at the end of it. I'm still going to lay hands on some of you and um, you know, release you into certain things that the Lord has shown me in the course of this conference. Some of you, an entire new chapter of your existence is opening up. And some of you are going to step into new seasons of your life. Somebody say seasons. Say seasons of life. Yeah, some of you are going to step, you're going to launch into new seasons. You know, there are no accidents in God. Things don't happen because we want them to happen. For children of God, everything happens according to his plan. Somebody say, I'm here by God's plan. I am in the will of God. Being here this afternoon, I'm in the will of God. Are you excited about that? Now listen, listen, before I hand over to Pastor James, I want to take up your offerings. I, I spoke about offerings yesterday, and I said to you, when you come to meetings like this, there's so much going on in the realm of the spirit. The first thing you do is you honor the meeting. You honor. Jesus said, he that does not receive the word with honor loses the blessing of the word. He went to his hometown. He couldn't do anything for them because they didn't treat him honorably. There's a place of honor in receiving the blessing. Jesus said into whatever house you enter, if they receive you, let your blessing stay. If they don't receive you, go with your blessing. That let it stay or go is talking about honor. And one of the ways you honor the word is through your giving. Because where your treasure is, your heart is. See, we're not giving to buy. We're giving in honor. And honor always receives from God. Somebody say, I hear you. Honor always receives from God. So you want to honorably give to this work, give to this conference, give to what we're doing here in, in East Africa. You know, uh, I was saying this, was it in uh, Nakuru? I was talking about television and all of that. And I was saying, if there are people among us here that have some financial muscles that can come together and buy us airtime on your national TV for three months, six months, Let's put these messages on television where everybody can hear it at the same time. We can cause a riot. You know riot? That's the name of my TV program. I am a rioter. Not riot in the negative way. It means righteous invasion of truth. We can cause a national riot in this nation. And there are people among you that God is going to lay in your heart and give you the resources. Oh, you're not saying amen. Because that is what God wants. God wants this nation to get this light. God wants it to happen in Kenya. It is his will. And we can make his will happen by making ourselves available. You know, so pray about it. If, if there are people here who really feel, I really want to give into television. I want to support, you know, us to be on TV and I want to pay for some slots. Talk to Pastor Jane. Let's make it happen. Because we plan to do a lot of things next year. Beginning from the Bible school to conferences. The, the television broadcast will break the ground. When we come in, people will just gather and we, we train. Say, I hear you. you know, and I believe that there are people here. God will speak. God will enable you to do that. But I want to take up your offerings right now. You know, Grab an offering. I want to pray over it. 
we give in honor, we give in faith. You know, in, in our ministry, we don't tell you what to give. We leave you to decide. It's a love relationship between you and God and between you and this ministry and what you're benefiting. So out of that, you give generously. Thank you for giving. Thank you for honoring Christ. Father, we thank you for everybody who has received from the ministry of Christ today. And we give in honor, we give in worship, we give in adoration. We realize that our offerings are a vehicle of getting the gospel around the world. And we thank you, Jesus, for the honor to do this. Now I pray that everyone giving, your needs are met. Thank you for the blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. There's M-Pesa on the screen for those of you who want to do direct transfers. You know, and um, all of that. And let me just say, finally, before Pastor John tells us the plan for the next session. How many of you want us to have one more session? You excited about it? You want us to have one more? You want to get more word? Yes. So Pastor Jane will tell us about the next session. And you can call your friends who have close church to come for another church. You can call them, tell them, come, 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 come and get something. Come and get something, you know, for the next session. I want to quickly announce our books. I came with books and, um, you know, when you come to conferences like this, you want to buy books. So that when you go, you can read them and understand more what was taught. All the things I'm teaching here, they're in the books. They're all in the books and much more in the books. So I recommend for you to get the books. Everybody, you know, if you cannot buy all, buy at least one book. Everybody, get at least one book. Take it home. As the conference is finishing today, start reading that book. Everybody, get at least a book. Everybody. You know, books are important. I tell people, I'm not writing books because I'm a bookseller. I'm writing books because it is a vehicle of equipping the saints and empowering the people of God. So make sure you get the books. I like to autograph them for you as you get the books. Amen? Amen. Amen. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm not going yet. I have another session. Amen. We love you guys. Are you excited? Amen. Celebrate Pastor Jane as she takes over the mark. Amen. Somebody celebrate Jesus. Wow, 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 wow. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. What a session. What a demonstration of God's power. Hallelujah. Um, please, you may be seated. For those of you coming to drop your offerings, please just walk right at the front. We have offering baskets at the front and uh, at the middle there also, I think we have some uh, baskets. <clears throat> so just come and drop. And for those of you giving by M-Pesa, the till number, you go to buy goods. The till number is appearing on the screens right now. And the name that you will uh, see is Sheila Mumo. The till number is 571-7155 as it is appearing on the screen. Now, good news, good news, good news. Is somebody celebrating good news in the house? Is somebody celebrating good news? At the back there, if you're celebrating good news, let me see. Let me hear you make some good noise. Some Jesus joy, some Jesus celebration at the back. Glory to God. And the good news is that the end of a matter is better than the beginning. And at 2 p.m., we are coming back to this place. At exactly 2 p.m., we will kick off. And our Papa Global Baba, Dr. Abel Damina, will be ready again. 
to release the power that God has put in him for Nairobi, Kenya. And you don't want to miss that. What we have just seen now is just a tip of the iceberg. Tell your neighbor, appetizer. That is just an appetizer. The real meal, the real deal is coming up at 2 p.m. because that marks the grand finale of the conference Revelation of Jesus 2021 that started in Mombasa, Nakuru, and now culminating and ending in Nairobi. You don't want to miss that. It's going to be dynamite. It's going to be fireworks. And you will leave this place so loaded. I'm telling you, anywhere that you're going to step out of this place, after that session, everybody will know that you have been with Jesus and that you are carrying Jesus. And so I look forward to you coming at 2 p.m. Take a, a, a short break, walk your legs around, and take that time also as an opportunity to welcome your friends. Invade the social media platforms with that information. If you have taken clips of videos, photos, send them and let them know that something is happening at Western Hotel. And no, it's not a political rally. No, it is the power of Christ manifesting right here in this place. And therefore, see you at 2 p.m. Gloriously. You are blessed and you are loved. Karibuni sana.